0: And uh, we should be live now. So, um, hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. It's been forever because of um, I, I went, I got married, I went on my my honeymoon, and then I got sick on my return. So we had to delay it an, an additional week because I it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a good show if if I was wheezing and coughing and sneezing. Um, but we're back now, and we're going to be continuing our discussion on Seasonal Plunder because we kind of left it at the midway point. And now it's 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 wrapped up, it's 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 all set and um we're kinda like in that stage of looking to the future and we also have a seasonal event going on, but uh how, how have you been? It's been a while.
1: I've been good. Um I'm just you know work 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 work. Like everything is work right now. It's just been it's been of chaotic. Uh I do too many things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs>
0: God damn! I jinxed myself. Yeah.
1: no, the copying begins.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I was. I mean. Aside from the being sick, I was right back to work as well. And it's. It's. It sucks going from vacation where you don't have to give a shit about anything to work. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we wrapped up the season. I really haven't read many of the lore books either. So I. I actually have like a treat for myself. I'm not a fan of this um system where the lore books are, like, heavily reflective of the seasonal story. Like, I like it when the lore books kind of stand alone. And maybe they have something to do with the story, but, like... um, Because, like, last season's uh Haunted lore book, or was it the season before? There was a lore book that basically just, like, went hand-in-hand hand with every week. And it's just, like, that's nice yeah. for people playing the game and then reading along. But it's, like... Yeah it kind of limited what we were actually getting and I missed what we
1: normally get. Right. Right. They did switch it. Uh, I don't know if that's just because, you know, there's other things that they're trying to throw in the game or because we have like yeah. layered content at the moment. I don't know. Last year it was a good and bad thing because I would say when we had those lore books, it kind of gave more meat on the bone, even if it wasn't really like lore, lore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was—it was fun just questioning what was happening with all the headless ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah I they, guess they, since we know what they are now, there's not really much to tell other than, "Hey, look, it's them again." Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I'm I'm excited for uh, because you mentioned the headless ones. I'm excited for, for Tales of the Forgotten uh, Volume Two. Yeah. Which is the first time we've ever had that, and they actually updated Tales of the Forgotten to be Volume One. Um, so now there's Volume One and Volume Two. So I, I I guess we can expect it to be every year having a Volume yep. One, Volume Two, and so on. But I mean the um, uh, I'm trying to think of the exact book, but there was I there was a lore book. I think it might have been Voices of the Haunted, which we haven't actually covered on the show, um, which was basically it it just kind of like retold uh the lore every week that we would get doing the haunted activities and then there was also of last season there was also triage which kind of um went deeper into the character of uh Zavala's oh. past love interest which I mean that's that's yeah. nice it it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the season it doesn't exactly um just be the seasons. And then this this season we have Above All Else and Between Stolen Stars. And, I mean, I've, I've read a few entries into, uh I think, both of these. But that was so long ago now that I don't really recall them. It's just, I liked it when, like, um going way back, like, to Season of the Splicer. And we would have Achilles Weaves a Cocoon... Which had like nothing to do with anything that we were doing in the game, aside from the fact that it was yeah.
1: Like, And Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And, yeah, and and take it take it for what it is. Um, uh, the the stolen stars so far has been just great. Uh, oh yeah, but you know we we could get into that later, obviously. Yeah. But it just it, it, I just. When they, do, when they do seasonal content and then they throw in books that really don't follow what's happening in-game during the activities that we're doing or doing the seasonal mm-hmm. whatever, uh, it, it's really kind of a nice little shock to the system. But also it can be a little bit jarring because you're in the middle of progressing forward through a story narrative mm-hmm. that you're actually playing through. And then you get this whole other book that doesn't really—it it applies in some regards, but it's like a window to some other area of lore that really doesn't impact you immediately with what you're going through at the moment. Yeah, but then um, it's just
0: like you—you you don't tie it to the weekly because that's the other thing that like—like like really irks me, where it's like you have these longer lore books, like for example, or I mean, not even longer. So they just like space them out, but yeah, like um stolen stars for example it's it's eight (laughs) entries and so i'm pretty sure you get them once a week and so you can't finish this book until week eight and it's like you can't finish this book but you're getting piece by piece every week because exclusively because they wanted to to really like attach it to the weekly story and then above all else you get every other week which is even worse it's like i don't want to wait for the lore book i love it when it's like Um, I'm trying to find the one exact, like an example of one exactly, uh, like in season in God, I mean, I guess the best case scenario is forsaken because forsaken really like set the stage for it. And they just haven't really done it like that since where you would have ghost stories. And it's like, how do you get ghost stories? It's like, Oh, you go around and you find the ghosts that they hit all over the the place. Yeah. And then you yeah. have um, you also have Forsaken Prince, which had a very similar uh, uh, go and find the things. But then you also had Lawless frontier, which is kind of like what we have now where it's following the story. And then best of all, you had a Drifter's Gambit, which was, was like, oh, yeah, there's like triumphs and it's like play gambit. And then it, nothing is stopping you from getting all of a drifter's gambit back then nothing was stopping you from getting it almost like day 1 day 2 you know it's just doing the action required as opposed to now when they're tied to triumphs it's like do the weekly story listen to the weekly radio and and i i prefer the system where we have more like agency of getting the book and the book allowing itself to be almost disconnected because now it's like we used to get like huge like universe universal stories and now it's like very very connected like season of the dawn um the lore book constellations which talks about the speakers it's like yeah of course the speakers are connected to saint fourteen in in like a loose fashion just because the speaker was so connected to saint fourteen but aside from that had nothing to do with what the season was giving us so you you kind of got like the best of both Is just is just my my take on it I don't know if people agree with me or disagree with me on that uh I believe you might have muted yourself I'm not sure if you're talking oh right now hoping that we do yep. not have up oh, there you go hello
1: just hold on. You can oh. keep talking. I'm having mic troubles.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of the the conclusion of my my take on it. I mean, I, I'm really, I I do really like the the lore book system. It's just, I just, I just wonder where exactly. I guess it's like the resources. The resources have to go somewhere. And so like now we have all these like dialogue sequences of like the hollow projector and also the radio and also this 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 text with the person every week. And it's like, you know, in season of the plunder, we started off talking to Mithrax at the star map and then we go and we do the mission and we get some mission dialogue. Um like, when we go to the actual uh, hideout, we get some exclusive mission dialogue, and then we get the relic, and then we put the relic down, and we get more dialogue there. And then we go to the elixir corridor, and we talk to Spider, and he has his dialogue, and we go to the Holo Projector, and the Drifter, or Eris, or Mithrax, or Ido, or Spider, even though he's around the corner, are all talking to us there. And then we also have the radio, which is just more dialogue. And it's like, it's, I guess... Bungie's direction is just like all the resources are going into these these dialogue scenes instead of uh lore books specifically and you know that's a choice it's not necessarily a choice i agree with though i i think i think it's better when the seasons have more lore books like i mean i guess like the expansions because like when you go through like all the lore books Forsaken had the biggest dump of, of lore books but Season of the Forge Season of the Drifter you know they had 4 and 6 uh, respectively Opulence had 3 and then you kind of go into these like two lore book a season era after Shadowkeep and then Beyond Light had 3 except for Season of the Loss and that one only really had one um so yeah I don't. I don't. <clears throat> I guess um, we should just skip over. Because uh, are you are you good?
1: Yeah, I hear you. It's for some reason it's disconnected from the headphones. So this is great.
0: <laughs> oh God. So wait are are you are you okay to to talk
1: or? Yeah, I'm still trying to get it to pair back to the headphones. For some reason, it just decided. Ah, uh, Discord didn't know, didn't want to uh, be connected to my headphones anymore for whatever reason, so okay. I will end the call and then I'll come right back in.
0: Okay, yeah, we can try that. So it's big me
1: now. I'm not a fan of
0: that, so I'm going to go ahead and put on um, the macabre uh, because this is this would be the lurker card this week, um, <laughs> and uh rhino obviously okay he's back rhino would be talking about it uh um, oh okay wow you came in you came in really loud there it's funny that you were coming in uh lower before well that might be the issue (laughs) then yeah it's uh can't decide what mic and headphones uh it wants to come out from it's so but, weird.
1: You know, It's like uh, Discord wants to add all these settings so that if you're using a regular mic, they can enhance your <laughs> user uh, interface, whatever. But mm-hmm. then the mic and the headphones and everything else you use wants to do the same and they don't translate with each other. They don't communicate well. Yeah. So, um, so uh, do you okay. want to do, do the lore card this week?
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll start
1: right now. Okay, so... Um, excuse me if I, if I don't say my French correctly, but it's, it's, uh, it's the new sniper that we got with the Fessalora Ross, which is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, aesthetically, it looks awesome. Um, it looks like a Gundam gun. (laughs) Um, it's called Macabre, but it's a play on words where they, they combined you know, the normal word, macabre, which is uh, what we all heard before, and then mec, so that macabre. So I don't know if you want to say, like, macabre, or if you want to say macabre still. <laughs> yeah. I guess depending it's kind on where of you're form, you probably already saying macabre. <laughs> yeah,
0: then but another, other... Like a... oh. yeah. Uh, and other... Yeah. On other other regions, they, they call it, like, macabre, or... Um... There's another there's another pronunciation that's also not correct. I, I, I guess the correct pronunciation is macabre, which is what I've always yeah. called it.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm so lucky in that like, sense. It's
1: almost like funny. It's almost like funny because people who probably pronounced it macabre instead of macab, or you know, those, then there's the people that say macabre. <laughs> um, yeah. Who knows? Whatever. So it's it's me-cob. <laughs> to me, which yeah. is, uh, it's a play on words. It's between Mecca and Macabre, which Mecca we're all familiar with, you know, playing Destiny and being, you know, nerds of, of uh, fantasy culture and sci-fi, um, which pertains to large armored robots, uh, typically controlled by a person riding inside the robot itself. Mm-hmm. So you think about anime like Gundam and other things like that. Um, and then there's macabre, which is the artistic theme of death and decay. Uh, it's the disturbing and horrifying, uh, because of involvement with or depiction of death and injury. So what's neat about this is if you read the flavor text, it says the killer robot killer. <laughs> so it's like, it's almost insinuating a sense of macabre but giving you this circular motion in in wordplay because the killer robot killer <laughs> implies that the gun itself or the person itself wielding the gun is the killer robot killer mm. <laughs> but it could also be the killer robot killer <laughs> yeah so depending on how you read into it you know you could be the killer robot or you could be the killer robot killer <laughs> anyway it's funny because you think about like mech suits and the person driving the mech suit uh when they you know do the damage or whatever they're doing the person inside the mech suit is responsible it's not really the mecha. <laughs> mm-hmm. but but everybody sees the Mecca as doing the damage on the city and tearing another mecha apart, or whatever alien but it's really the the person inside that's doing it's kind of like the weapon the weapon itself isn't doing it it's the person holding the weapon anyway I just thought that was interesting that they put that in there like that so um like I said Mecha are typically large armored robots. Uh, They're controlled by a person riding inside the robot itself. It refers to both scientific ideas and science fiction genres that center on giant robots and machines. Uh, Mecha as a genre has deep uh, roots in uh, Japanese uh, manga and anime. Uh, The heavily features or focuses on mechanical innovation, using robots, cyborgs, androids, space stations. Uh, Its popularity started after World War II as the country began to experience rapid economic and technological growth, uh, which is true. And in fact, Destiny, the game as itself, was inspired by a particular artist who did a lot of uh, early uh, mech kind of Uh, art and concept art and just art pieces itself like our sparrows and the pikes that the the fallen ride are all uh, inspired by uh, Japanese manga so um, macabre or macabre as an artistic theme uh, pertains to death and decay it means having the quality of having a grim or ghastly atmosphere Uh, the tales of uh, symbols of death Um, the term also refers to works particularly gruesome in nature early traces of macabre can be found in ancient Greek and Latin writers such as the Roman writer Petronius author of uh, Satyricon which was in the late uh, first century CE (laughs) and the Numidian writer Apuleius. Ace, I don't know how to pronounce that one, Uh, which he's he's the author of The Golden Ass, (laughs) which uh, is a really good story. If you ever have time to kind of just glance over or do the Cliff Notes version of The Golden Ass, it's really good. Um, A lot of a lot of writers cite it as uh, inspiration. So anyway. In the Middle Ages, uh, macabre themes in English literature would include authors like John Webster, Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, Mervyn Peake, Charles Dickinson, Roald Dahl, Thomas Hardy, Cyril Tonner. In American literature, we know authors like Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft, and Stephen King. Um, Over the years, the word has gained in its significance from its original usage uh, in French, which is as la danse macabre, or macabre um for the allegorical representation of the ever-present and universal power of death known in german as i can't speak german Totentanz, and later in english as the dance of the dead so the typical form which the allegorical allegorical takes uh is that of a series of images in which death appears so it's either as a dancing skeleton or as a shrunken shrouded corpse and to people representing every age edition of life and leads them into a dance to the grave so this symbolic uh this symbol goes way back but mm-hmm. it it's spread all over the world and many cultures have this idea of macabre which you know, it's been expanded upon, but its deep roots all come from one basic symbol, which is death uh, personified as leading people to, you know, the great beyond, whatever you want to call it. Uh, one particular uh, art art note is a dance of the dead in its simplest form still survives in the Marianne Cook. Uh, gosh, I can't say this word. Mary Kirk at the Lubrik. As a 15th century painting on the chapel walls it shows 24 figures and couples between each um dancing with death and they're linked by groups that out with uh, with outstretched hands and the whole ring is being led by death playing on a pipe so if you can imagine this this chapel uh in lubick there's these really cool almost like black and white photos, but they're, they're actually drawings, you know, paintings. Uh, it's really realism uh, at its heart, but it's showing people being led by death, you know, to the great beyond. Um, so anyway, that's just one really good example. But the origin has been attributed to this overpowering consciousness of the presence of death due to the, like, at that time, which was due to the black death and the miseries of the hundred year war. And so that's really what cemented its popularity in culture. And that's where we got all of this idea of macabre from and why we use skeletons and skulls and, and the symbol of death, you know, just all of that has roots within this very basic meaning, which was the dance of the dead. Um, and I'm sure you've seen it in all kinds of cultures across the world. Many people have different like, ideas and representations of death. And it's always the same symbology or symbolism, which goes way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, without getting too crazy with that, uh, if you just kind of go down this rabbit hole, you'll see some other really cool references uh, to the word macabre. But one particular uh, one that I liked was there is a French scholar of of romance studies, and it it first occurs in the form of macabre or macabre in a poem, uh, which was called respite de la Mort, uh, and it's in French. Uh, but basically, it's it's the death is a dance, and you know uh, you're in a trance, and you basically you end up in the great beyond. Uh, and it's just a neat little quick poem, uh, and that and that kind of like was the first official usage of the word macabre. Uh, and then later on, we started using it uh, as an explanation based on its Latin origin, which was just the dance of the macabre, and uh, that that particular piece depicted, you know, seven tortured brothers and their mother, and they were prominent figures and. A dramatic dialogue which because of that writing everyone spread this idea of macabre from that story mm-hmm. so it's like one domino fell and then everybody kind of just kept expanding on the idea of macabre over the years <laughs> it, it just spread and so now you see it everywhere you see dance of the dead you see uh, all of these different d- depictions of of what is macabre and it's typically just gory death and this over overpowering feeling of you know just being a part of a, a death and gruesome atmosphere and it's very halloweeny <laughs> so that's the lower court macabre mac robots and skeleton death
0: yeah and so <clears throat> Bungie's uh image for the for the mech, because you kind of talked about uh the killer robot yeah. killer. Um and so usually every year they have the their little promo image. And this year it is actually as if the the guardians were giant mechs. They're they're standing looming over in the city, and the hunter specifically has the macabre uh sniper <clears throat> sniper rifle over their shoulder. How do you feel about these uh designs which ones did you vote for because it was either uh the mechs or the um
1: was it kaiju this year well it was like a better version of it of was the, previous- it in,
0: yeah it was an enhanced version of the previous kaiju yeah.
1: yeah it was like it was funny because it almost felt like they they waited it this time they basically gave it was like they gave ornaments to the ornaments we already had last year. <laughs> yeah, it was like they—it was like they just added on a little bit more to the already monsters thing about last year. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like you said, I think it was more kaiju related because yeah, it was—it
0: was, it was uh, Godzilla, a Cyclops, and like um, people were calling it like a swamp thing, but it wasn't a swamp thing because there was all kind of like giant yeah. monster themed. Um. Yeah. Kind of to fight against the mechs. Um,
1: yeah. So it's like, yeah, I wonder if.
0: Mech if versus sni- Kaiju,
1: just like you think.
0: Yeah, if the sniper is uh, flavor text is saying the killer robot killer, it sounds like we've, we've voted for the bad guys. Kind of, doesn't it?
1: I mean, if you can think about it that way. Yeah.
0: It's like Godzilla it's was going to come it's... and save the day, and instead I have this asymmetrical. <laughs> A robot with leather pants.
1: <laughs>
0: Man, mm-hmm. I I never I never want to be like no that that looks like shit because someone put a lot of a lot of effort in it. It doesn't look like shit. It's just not the style that I want out of it. And I no, look at this, like, yeah. yeah, and I look at this, and the warlock, in my opinion, has really won um, in terms of like the 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 ornament.
1: The Warlock oh, the set thing. looks amazing. Well, I see I would I'm on the on I mean, the other side of the fence. I think the Titan one because I really like the um I like how hard they leaned into the Gundam aesthetic yeah. for a Titan because I mean if you think about a Titan, I mean they're like they really are just basically like this big machine guy, you know, like mm-hmm, person mm-hmm. whatever. It's just this big mech suit titan stomping through you know destiny and uh they really gave him the the like gundam treatment uh mm-hmm. and i know that like you know you, you gotta be careful with the artistic licensing you can't go too far <laughs> yeah. you know too far too close uh but they did a really good job getting it almost all the way there uh for the for the type my, um, my... oh sorry yeah i was gonna say one one particular uh genre of tabletop games that's one of the only ones i really played i played cyberpunk and i did a little bit of D way back in the day when i was much younger but uh another game that i did i only did three i did cyberpunk dandy and then this other game which is amazing uh i just don't think it got popular enough it was called riffs and this game this tabletop game riffs was uh, very much like Destiny. Uh, so when Destiny was first brought to light and all of the fantasy and sci-fi that went to it, I was immediately reminded of this tabletop game called Rifts. Hmm. And Rifts has these mech suit guys in the in the game, and they're called Glitter Boys. <laughs> okay. And they look they look exactly like the Titan that has this suit and they hold a gun that looks almost exactly like this gun. It's so cool.
0: No, that is that's funny. Um yeah. my my biggest grievance with the, the hunter, and I feel like it's actually a, a pretty shared opinion is I'm tired of cloaks with ornaments on the hood. Well I get I'm it. I'm I'm so I'm so over it, especially for the, the Festival of the Lost armor sets because it's like you had the, the wolf one. Actually, no. The werewolf one didn't have a, a, an ornamented hood. It just had like a fur collar. So that one's fine. But the dino one, it's like the dinosaur head was on the hood. And it's like put put these like ornamented spikes on the helmet and have it designed so like they poke out from the hood and it's like yeah it's intended to be worn with this hood and it would look best with that hood but like if this ornamented spike on it wasn't on it the cloak would be one of my favorite cloaks because it, the the design of it how it like sits over the shoulder how far it goes on the head the how far it goes down the back how it's how it's like draped and everything <clears throat> because it's got those spikes on it i'm just like well i can't wear this
1: yeah yeah it's funny because um this time around when they were doing the voting i was like i don't care because hunters have the same thing basically it's just a mech version or a kaiju version of yeah the same thing
0: <laughs> and then this season like they 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 surprised us with this Fortnite um, crossover, and the Hunter oh, is yeah. another Mech. Hunter's got two
1: <laughs> Mechs in one season. We sure did, yeah. I'm a Hunter, so we sure did. But we really yeah. did. We get double Mech.
0: They 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 really wanted us to have Mechs, and that's fine. I'm you know I'm gonna support it either way because
1: there's probably I agree with you i agree with you on the cloak thing though back in d1 i did everything i could to 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 run around without the cloak i love the way the hunter looks Mm -hmm. and i love cloaks but for the most part i like the way the hunter looks without the cloak (laughs) We,
0: we need more options of um cloakless hoods and hoodless cloaks because we have like yeah we have a few we have like two of those right now and it's like Give us more. You know?
1: And, and give give Titans a
0: cloak too. Like a little Sure. More. Who cares? <laughs> mm. yeah. Um But yeah, so last our last episode was actually a Season of the Plunder episode. So this is kind of like Season of the Plunder part two, because now it's it's ended. And um it ended in what did you think of its ending? Let's let's just jump right into its ending and then we'll kinda like go back over everything. Uh, mm. Did it? Is-
1: did it end? I mean, I mean, no,
0: and that's kind of the, <laughs> the topic of discussion. <laughs> I don't like it. That's just me. I mean, it's like it's, it's it's exactly like you said because it's like the, it's it's the end of a season. But if this were a TV show, this is the end of yeah. a midseason. You know where it's like okay, we're gonna give you the cliffhanger and we're gonna go on break for two months instead of like a year. And I mean that is effectively what we're doing. We're going on break for two months and then you get your next season. But it's just the way it ended. uh, It's not that it was bad. It's just that it. It's like
1: okay, now what? Yeah, but now what? You know, like I I get the ending. Yeah. Uh, It but with a live service game, (laughs) we all know. Like this whole game is about looking forward to what's about to come, right? Oh, yeah. Like every since day one, we were always we were always just fascinated fascinated and absorbed by what's mm-hmm. next. Like mm-hmm. we never we never really took time to just just soak into the present and just be like, oh, this is the amazing part. And I think we took that for granted for a lot of for a lot of things because we always look back in nostalgia and, and this ache for the days gone by, but. Yeah. Like we still do it to this day. Like, Oh, brand new content. Like lightfall will come out. And then two weeks later, we're like, what's next?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and a, I guess we are part of the problem in that sense. Yeah. Like we, we, yeah. but it's just like with this one, it's, we're building up we brought we're building up this mystery in the first few weeks we we have it like mithrax clearly knows something drifter clearly knows something but we don't know what it is and then we have the bomb dropped and it's like it's nezarek and it's yeah. like nezarek is real he was dead he was in the pyramid elixir came in fucking chopped him up and we're like oh my god oh my god and and then you learned about it and then it just kind of, and then it's, it's done. It's Aramis was f- her. She was foiled by Mithrax. Um, and an amazing, amazing uh, uh, cinematic uh, cut scene. The, the, the sword fight between her and, and Mithrax fucking fantastic. That was so really good. good. And you know, he's got he's got the swords on her neck and she's like, Do it, show Ida who you truly are. And he's like, Alright, I will show her who I truly am. And this is not who I am. And he let her live, and like embarrassed, she runs away. And you know, everyone's saying, Come home, Aramis. Um, she runs away and it's like, Okay, we 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 we've done it. We have all of Nazarek's body, apparently, which is a tiny amount. To, to when you lay it out in front of you it's like how
1: small was nezarek um i'm and... going to so i know i'm not gonna derail the show but i' <laughs> eventually I'm, I'm going to have to um do one of those what up with that on twitter because yeah um as soon as we started getting this whole mezarek is now real for real this time mm-hmm. not just a story that was possibly made up by you know There's so like
0: so many I ways should. they could have taken that
1: yeah yeah so um I'll do it I'll do it like more defined later but I just want to put it here and just to kind of mark an X marks a spot for when mm-hmm. I do it but I can't help but wonder if it has some sort of tie-ins with the whole Ulan Tan story arc and how connected he is with some of the other early lore tidbits that we got that were never fully explained and if they are going to expand on those because just like they did with the deep stone crypt it originally was very ominous we didn't know what the heck it was we knew there was a tower we didn't know mm-hmm. what it was doing or where it actually was we didn't know how to get to the tower we just knew that it had something to do with exos X- and then it all got explained in beyond light well another whole thing that goes back to d1 that never got fully fleshed out or explained it just got added on over the years was the idea of Ulan Tan and um, his burial (laughs) and other things that are connected to that so I'll just leave that there but there are things that have to do with Ulan Tan that they could definitely tie into Nezarak and his story and (laughs) hurt his or her Was it? Nezarak fully defined as a gender i don't know but uh anyway that nezarak story arc could totally have something to do with all of that early Ulan Tan story and so just marking my x right here
0: yeah so i know you're <laughs> i know you're a real big fan of Ulan Tan. and um yeah so i'm, I'm just looking them up uh just on this starting you know throwing in their name and and seeing what comes up and so because you said their burial so ulantan's burial ring a replica of the legendary burial ring for ulantan was a destiny one bond and it's like okay yeah. who is this guy and then we got like a little more a little more a little more and um they were they were controversial because they believed uh, and this is a quote for them, uh, to have light, we must have dark. This is the symmetry of the universe. So in the golden yep. age, um, or not in the golden age, cause they were a warlock in the city age. They had these like philosophies of like, of the light and the dark and everything. He, he, the city didn't like what he was kind of pitching because it was getting guardians to be like, it's okay to have the dark. And he has another, um, he has another entry, um, I just had it and it was it basically said um how when we use the light it changes us but in using the light we also change the light itself
1: yeah exactly 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 so like he's in a nutshell he's always tried to say um you, you can't have one without the other and um at early on in the city age in the in the city uh development of the city they had to draw lines because before that we had warlords and and whatever other rogue barriers were running Mm amok and so the city was the first representation of walking a path that encompassed what they thought was the most morally correct uh for progression of life and um this sense of like humanity and mm-hmm. goodness or, or whatever they wanted to uh, uh, attribute to it and so the vanguard was created out of that uh, uh uh out of that discipline and so the vanguard was created out of that discipline and so you had representations for uh you had mentors that would arrive and so Ulan Tan's teachings were considered to be uh not Aligned, particularly with what the Vanguard was trying to do, because they had to take a side, they had to take a line. And, uh, and what they decided to take a line on was, okay, we're going to walk the line of the, the light and everything that has to you know do with the light, because ultimately, we feel like this is the most morally correct line. And then as things went on and other mentors started to rotate into the Vanguard the philosophy started to change and they started to allow other idea I, ideals to come in and i think that probably beginning of of the tower and the vanguard you didn't have this hard um idea of titan Warlock hunter you had just light bearers mm. and then somewhere those philosophies started to to sec, sec, secularize and you had uh different philosophies and so one of the one of the you know the knowledge-based philosophies was to walk the path of a warlock and so the warlocks are very much on the outer edge of like playing with dangerous stuff the hunters go find it the warlocks play with it and dissect it until they can figure it all out and titans are basically the wall that are punching everything to get through right Mm -hmm. and so you had these different um these different philosophies and so that that's what made each different idea um and so Ulan Tan, as a part of the warlocks that were out there trying to figure out what's good and what's bad his um philosophy was you can't have one without the other and then you had like people like the uh the uh, the praxics were like no it's only light and fire conflagrate everything <laughs> that doesn't have to do with light (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then you had and then you had people like um ikora ray who dealt with the void a lot and then other representations of the void and then you had people in the middle like uh you know our boy osiris who's just like obsessed with the vex and so you see the dangers of all of the different uh things ideas and so you see the pitfalls of all of them. I mean, we have Toland; all of these warlocks succumb to their obsessions, right? And yeah. so Ulan Tan is one of those stories that they never expounded upon. But we know uh, he was ultimately buried. We know that they didn't necessarily like what he was saying. Uh, but now, in today's Destiny, we've accepted a lot of dark. We've accepted a lot of different philosophies. Now we've we've dug up a lot of other things and we've come to terms and realized that some of these other teachings by these uh mentors of 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 your day past days uh may have had something to say and so we're adopting a lot of these philosophies in their current state
0: yeah um so another another thing uh to say is um so there was a whole set called the uh symmetrists uh, because he created the faction Symmetry, uh, his teachings specifically. I think the faction was created after his death. Uh,
1: through I think so his too. It sounds like it, it um, and it almost sounds like just reading it. it almost sounds a little bit like um, <clears throat> Osiris. Osiris's, you know, fanatics. Yeah, almost, exactly.
0: Just a Except yeah. he actually had something like worth listening to, and Osiris was just a <laughs> lot of fucking pulp um yeah (laughs) and so like the helmet uh it was an ornament set from uh season of the forge and the helmet says uh you do not hate me you hate the idea that i might be right and so it's all about um one day needing to use more than the light the the arms say one day you realize light alone is not enough um and the uh Sorry, symmetrist habit the robes i wish the light could win as you put it but we must accept it is not that simple and then probably the most important one um the most relevant one to bring this back to what we're talking about whatever came for us it will come again that is the nature of symmetry and Uh, I think it was last well not last week uh, the second to last week of the season I think it was it was revealed that Nezarek was actually and apparently the fucking cryptarchs knew it this whole time which really pissed me off Um, Ido was like going through cryptarchy records and apparently Nezarek is the disciple who not only led the assault during the collapse but you know was there you know like I guess the presence of Nezarek was known to be there during the collapse. And no one has said a word about it until now that we're finding his body right. parts. And it's like he, his ship crashed into the moon during the collapse, which I think we had a few like hints to it being like, it was dated back to the collapse, but maybe it was longer than, but like probably not. Mm -hmm. But now we know for certain it, he, he led this assault and his, he, he was defeated when the traveler like lashed out and his, his, his ship crashed. But Ulan is kind of pitching this idea that in symmetry, he will return. And, you know, we have his, his whole body collected now. And, so we defeat Aramis, and uh, she runs off. She she takes off to go wherever she wants to go, because um, she has growing to do. Obviously, she's not going to be a villain forever. Um, she's eventually going to realize the error of her ways and and the importance of what Mithrax is actually doing, and you know trying. They needed each other to grow to be their best selves because Mithrax was just trying to forget his past and Aramis right. is kind of like his past. And right. uh he needed to accept that Aramis need Aramis, his past, needs to exist as well, so that he can move on and truly create what the Elixni are going to become. And obviously that means Aramis will eventually come back, happy ending, hooray. Um But She, she said this thing about like to her, I think she, I can't, I'm not sure if she sent it to her crew or to uh, Ido specifically about not opening the um, the jar, no matter how desperate the situation is because whatever was in it would take them over. So it's like, okay. So even though (laughs) Nezarek is dead, he has some like power of influence that's being right. contained because they're in the jars. And early on in the season, Drifter tried to pawn them off to Eris. And she's like, I'm not fucking taking that. And now later <clears throat> in the season, he mentioned how he's actually worked with Eris to kind of come to a, oh, maybe we can use these for something good. And it just it feels like if the next season... Is a di- if this is mid season and next season is the season finale, it's going to be Nezarek somehow, uh, kind of recreates himself, right? Is that would you agree with that?
1: I, I, I do. Uh, I just don't know what it could, uh, what capacity they're willing to um, bring Nezarek or Nezarek into the game. Um, I, I just think, I think, um, just from a story and lore perspective, as someone who plays in a much more in- entertaining fashion, I would I would assume, you know, but we all know what happens when you assume I, I would assume that it would be more beneficial to them as a marketing and a game strategy just to allow the pieces of of uh, to kind of infect our space and, and c- continue on with that for a while. Uh, and then him, never, put, never materializing arri- material as a set entity, uh, more or less an infection that just spreads. That's that would, to me, seem like you know the more the the better way to stretch it all out. If that makes any sense.
0: Um, yeah. No. However, I, see,
1: I see what you mean. However, the other side of me tells uh, says, just bring the dude right in front of us and let's
0: just go at it yeah because it's there is a there is a little bit of an issue of it where Bungie doesn't want to just create villains out of nothing just to kill them and it's like so we have this whole season of or maybe not the whole season but we have this season well actually haunted too really you know because it it, was nezarek's pyramid plunder is nezarek's body and then season four It would make sense if we finally do take Nezarek out and we have a dungeon. I know it's not a raid. People will probably be like, oh, Nezarek deserves to die in a raid or whatever. But it's like we have a dungeon. It would make sense to me that if Nezarek comes back in some fashion, whether it's their own physical body or maybe they take over Aramis or take over Ido and we have to fight them in the dungeon and kill them in the dungeon. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely ways that they can take it.
1: Um, it just feels yeah, there's like there's definitely there's limitless possibilities. And what I like about what I like about what they're doing so far is that they're they're kind of like calling on us on our own, like what we thought was going to happen next. Like even even with the um, you know, the next subclass, which is not poison hivey hiveness, it's its yeah. own thing. Which we actually learn from our encounter with the hot when we didn't learn it I'm just saying it opened up the window to be able to be receptive to however we attain the ability Mm -hmm. later because it will be a brand new one that nobody has touched however it's very much rooted in what we have done so far right so we went into the mindscape of Sabbath dude's brain you know mind and we learned the psychic uh you know kinesis blah 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 we learned how to you know touch and tangle ourselves with the the mind uh strings and 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 so anyway in a nutshell yeah because they've done so far is yeah really good about taking us on this path and then hitting us with oh you thought it was this but here it is here's what it actually is and oh yeah it's everything we've been doing so far duh that makes the most sense
0: yeah because it's it feels like it's been so long i actually kind of forgot the first season was season of the risen and in that we were capturing lucent hive and literally going into like a psionic mind Yeah, yeah. So there is like a lot of buildup. Uh, maybe, maybe that's, a, maybe that's an, that's an interesting idea that you just gave me. Maybe, maybe that's kind of where the dungeon is going to take place. It's not going to take place in like a physical reality. It's going to take place in this, like this, like um, psychic realm. And maybe that's kind of like, maybe it's like introducing us to the concept of strand. It's, it's going to take place in the psychic realm that Nezarek has like dominion over almost like a throne yeah.
1: world. And I mean, if we, if we play the game and it ends up the game, or if we played Lightfall and it ends up life was to like, like they did in the past. Like when we did, um, uh, when there was the taken king raid you know and Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. whole story was you trying to chase down um for and and just going on that whole that whole adventure and then you had that final mission which is really long uh where you you finally fight him but oh you didn't actually kill him because that's Mm -hmm. the raid later and they could do that again with Nazarek and we could just spend all that all that uh, adventure time doing that
0: no i think i think you have a i think you had a good idea about um nazarek not coming back in like a physical form but instead being like an influence and it's like if mm-hmm. Nezarek because strand is a dark power and i don't like how bungie was like and they've done this before and have like kind of like shot themselves in the foot where they were like we're the first people to ever use it and it's like no we're fucking (laughs) not we absolutely are not we might be the first people within our little bubble to have ever used it but like positive i'm positive that someone else has used it because it's it's the building block of the universe like right you know and it's like it would make sense for me or it would make sense i guess
1: i guess it would be like they could explain it uh, by just adding more verbs and nouns to the sentence by saying yeah. that, you know, in a paracausal way or, yeah. you know, <laughs> like in a way
0: that uh, like we, we were the they, first to use it in this fashion. And it's like, yeah, of course. We yeah. Are. Yeah. Which because is diff- always... which, it, which is different to say then in Beyond Light, like technically speaking, yeah. Aramis was the first to use stasis in that fashion. And then we yeah, picked it up exactly. and did it the same way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this whole game is is technically all of the material of the universe and the fabric Mm -hmm. of reality, time even, as a construct. Because time has been long thought to be, uh, well, we all know time is relevant, but it's long thought to be uh, something that can or could be potentially uh, accessed and manipulated. I say manipulated, but Mm -hmm. be able to write. Of time right or be able to ride the void that's in between fabrics of reality or being able to punch in and pull out of different you know uh, multiverses or whatever you want to say parallel universes that seemingly go to the same thing and so all of these really cool high-minded concepts that destiny loves to play with we're using them in one way or another or one fashion or another it's just um, how we use it, or how our guardians as light bearers use it, has been the thing, right? So, like, even void at one time was considered, you know, heretical, right? Yeah, no, no it was. We, that's that's we, a great point. But, but we punched through the fabric of reality and grabbed the void, which is in between the layers of our reality and the next reality. It's that, it's that voided space in between layers that where you know particles seemingly pop in and out of existence simultaneously and we're able to punch in there grab some of that material and bring it into our reality and use it and then there's time time. right we're able to basically punch into time and bring a shot from a gun you know uh, speaking of the stranger's rifle yeah. and have this little floating orb that sh- that reshoots the bullet that we just shot because it brought it back from time so like all of these little high-minded concepts are very much uh, introduced to our light bearers in a way. And then we use it with our pericausal ability. And I think Mm -hmm. at the fundamental basis of all of that is what is right and what is wrong. And we've we've learned over the years that there is no specific right or wrong. There's just what will win, Mm -hmm. right? What's Mm -hmm. going to win. And Ulan Tan, as a representative, has been very much on this on this uh platform of there is no winning (laughs) you can't have one without the other It, it just means everything will either end or just keep going uh yeah and it's and it's not like it's not like the future war cult where they just think war is inevitable and the only way to progress forward is constantly war which almost seems a lot like what the vex do where they're just trying to continue to you know change and transform everything but what happens when everything's done, right? Oh my then god, that's such
0: an that's such an interesting take, actually. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Because right. what happens when you're no, done doing all of
0: that? No, no, sorry. Um how you kind of related oh, okay. the future work to the Vex. Yeah. Because if the future work cult Oh my god! and the that too. Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait I, I just have to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm derailing your derail. Um, okay, good. The Future war cult are kind of like the Vex in this, like this, like war uh, conquest. It's like okay. futuristic, never ending, always in the future, like thinking about the future. And it's like you could relate them to the Hive in that sense, in, in the fact that they're always like warring, right? So the Hive are all about a conquest as well. Uh, however. Ah, uh, the Concordat fits better for the Hive because the Concordat were going against the teachings of the speaker. They were like, like, no, no, the, like what you're doing is wrong. You're, you're, you're like a false prophet and shit like that. And that's kind of yeah. more in the Hive's realm where they're going against the light. And then you would have uh, Dead Orbit, who actually maybe this doesn't work out as well as I thought. Because when you yeah, said the, the Vex Future War cult thing, I was like and the dead orbit are actually exactly like the fallen in that they're they're spanning the stars, you know, like not all of the elixir are not in our galaxy. They split up. We just have a group a lot of, of them.
1: Yeah, I will agree. There are a lot of parallelisms uh, within this game. But also you have to remember Future War Cult was only brought in because there was a gap that needed to be filled, in and and they didn't particularly like the philosophies of the future cult they just allowed them to bring well, out because it helped advance the vanguard for, forward uh in what we needed to do and so they served a purpose right yeah <laughs> and so we used them for that purpose uh but like Hadea, you know it's a part of the uh new monarchy which is yeah. very much rooted in humanity and trying to keep things uh sound and, and structured but and that's... even their ten is like really corrupt sounding.
0: <laughs> and that's kind of where I was going to take um New Monarchy I was going to kind I was kind of relating to the cabal but then as I thought about it more like as I was speaking I was like they don't actually fit the cabal as well as I was going to say because I was going to say like they're very like strict in their values and having like the singular leader having an emperor you know like they do kind of have cabal parallels but they're not as as well as I was originally yeah. uh yeah leaping to it's just all
1: it's just all different interpretations of what we should do and the thing that's great about all of these different ideas is every single one of them has this thing that you're like well crap you know we can't i mean it's not always going to be perfect like nothing is perfect and you have to be okay with that nothing was nothing in life was ever meant to be not everything in life was meant to be okay yeah Uh, but what you have to find is you have to find the thing that helps you go forward and aligns best with your values or whatever your culture is and and you have to grasp on that and you have to kind of like go forward as best you can even though you know that this isn't nothing will ever be perfect you know you just do your best right yeah and so it's, it's it's great that they show all of these like at the surface of it, you think, "Wow, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want to do." And then you get into the meat of it, and you're like, "Uh oh!" But we're doing this thing that's not great.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I had to look it up to to get the exact thing. Um, in in the Ishtar Discord, uh, they now use forums, and so I made a forum post uh, last week about what season four of the Witch Queen is going to look like. And uh, Joey from the from the Discord pointed out that uh, there's actually a line in the expeditions where Spider expresses interest in taking Rasputin's engram. And so mm. last we heard from Rasputin was at the end of... When was
1: that? Uh, what do you mean when he went radio silent and got downloaded to a USB stick? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. When was that? Was that before Beyond
0: Light? That was That was the season that... before Beyond Light, right?
1: Yes, it was because I because it was right before they took away um mars and yeah the, the yeah the night before the night before the update went live i went to mars and i visited rasputin and i looked around just to see if there was anything i could take some screenshots of in the hopes that the next day there would be something new there and yeah so i was running around there and just looking at all the space and there was some things i didn't notice before and i kind of liked yeah. the way that place looked uh, but yeah, I was like, Ooh, what's, this? But, "What's this? What's this? What's this?" And then all this
0: Yeah, so it's it's been a while since Rasputin has had his like focus and everything, and like obviously, uh, the big idea is that. Anna is going to upload him into an exO body. There was that really old uh concept art of the bloody ExO and it was like that is that yeah. was supposed to be Rasputin and so it's it's kind of just the waiting game of when Rasputin is gonna come back. so like the very a very popular theory moving forward was that season four was gonna be about or not maybe about but have Rasputin come into come more into focus because I suppose uh I'd have to look up the exact line but apparently Neo-Muna, Neo-Muna? Yeah. Uh, Lightfall? Neo-Muna? Uh, yep. Yep. We only know about it because of Rasputin. So it's like, okay, does he just come in at the beginning of Lightfall and be like, hey, check out this place? Or like, is he built up beforehand? Like,
1: because... You know, I could see, I could definitely see it being like necessary to make, uh... okay, so the ultimate goal to take uh, Rasputin, download him to a USB stick was so that nobody else could grab him. And, well, to and, save him. Because
0: he was getting yeah, deleted.
1: Him. Right, right. He was getting deleted, but also like, you, you think about the implications of anybody had access to uh, Rasputin in any capacity, could ultimately unlock whatever knowledge he had about yeah. our souls. So anyway, long story short, too late. If, if, if we go into light, Lightfall and uh, Rasputin is the key because he has that knowledge of mm-hmm. the you know, Neo-Muna, uh because he knows the ships went out looking yeah. to. You know, but anyway, um, if he has that that knowledge and he ha- helps he helps us get to Neomuna, ultimately we we because you you already know from the trailer and what they talked about. Ultimately, we knew or we know that Neomuna is under a new threat, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like. Well, they have to reach out to us because they need our help. Yeah. So one what way or I, another, what, I, what it... I
0: mean is what what, what I am trying to get at is for next season. Uh, it, in my opinion, it makes sense to introduce the up the final upload of Rasputin into an exo body into a, like a sustainable form. Introduce that next season, so that for Lightfall we have that in, and it doesn't come out of nowhere. So I'm thinking like uh, yeah. kind of back on the track of uh Nezarek if Nezarek's real like play is next season and I liked your idea about it not being Nezarek's body itself is now reformed and back to normal and we have to def- we have to kill him again um, I I like the idea of it maybe being like a psychic thing, and maybe also leading into strand. Like we've had this whole conversation where like I think it's like a little bit of everything, you know. Like Nezirex gonna come in with like uh, psychic abilities. It's gonna be strand related. It's gonna be Rasputin related, and it's all gonna wrap together, and it's gonna end with the very obvious and going into Lightfall. And I think I think that kind of makes sense. Um, that maybe Rasputin. Is put under threat from Nezarek, or maybe Resputin is needed to fight Nezarek in some capacity. Mm. You know, if it yeah. maybe maybe it's yeah. not psychic.
1: Yeah. Maybe.
0: <laughs> because uh, the threat that Neo Muna is under is from Callus. And based on the Lightfall trailers, Callus is it has not likely has not gone undergone his final transformation that we see in the lightfall trailers where he's taking the bath and the witness is watching. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um well it, it all it all makes sense story wise or or play game wise because um man. we got the pieces of Nezarak. We know Nezarak went against the witness or we assume that Nezarak went to get what? against the witness. I don't like uh, that just, theory. Hear me, just hear me out though. Just hear me out. Okay. And so so Nezarek, whatever happened with Nazarek and the witness, it was it was counter to what the witness's agenda was. Based on what? what? Have no basis. I'm just saying Okay. If okay. let's just assume for a second that that Nazarek's ultimate last stand went against what the witness's ultimate agenda was, whether it be by proxy of okay. um, uh, the traveler pushing back back the darkness, or if it was just an undet- unintended circumstance. Okay. Uh you know, that could be a good foundation for picking up his pieces because those ultimate pieces would be what would give us the ability to go against the witness and I say the witness, but actually callous. So we're using the Nezareth pieces to fight callus, which has detained his abilities from the witness. And so this power struggle is what we have figured out and, and grabbed along the way, which goes against what callus has figured out and grabbed along the way. And so no, I mean I struggle.
0: I can see uh, using Nezarek's power against Kallus. Absolutely, I think that that makes a lot yeah. of sense.
1: Uh, personally, yeah. So I th- that would make a lot of sense as far as like setting up that story. Whether or not the intricacies of all of that delicate balance was really Nezarek went against the witness, or yeah. Nezarek went just 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 a baddie that just got stopped at the last second. We yeah, I never. It. Sorry yeah so i'm just saying like you know a lot of people i think a lot of people are dancing around the what's probably correct it's just uh in this game you can never fully say definitively this is the thing because there's always that there's always that question mark i mean hell here we are 2022 and we still question (laughs) Eris. Yeah, no, so, uh, whether, No, that's very whether, true, though. Um, whether you feel justified, justified about that or not, we still have an environment where Destiny players still question theirs. Uh, one thing... With us the entire time. Yeah.
0: Uh, the Nezarek turning against the Witness theory. I think Matt is actually the first one that put that theory out. So, I mean, sorry mm-hmm. to go against you, buddy, but... I am not a fan of that fucking theory at all. And it, it all stems from the same fucking shit we had in D1 where Nezarek's first introduction is called Nezarek's sin. And everyone goes, oh, what's what's Nezarek's sin? What did yeah, he do? Yeah. What did he do wrong? And it's just like, yeah, it's it's fucking Felwinter's lie all over again. What was Felwinter's yeah. lie? He didn't have a fucking lie. It was a shotgun. Like... And if you want the joke, it, the lie was that it was a shotgun, but it was a sniper rifle. Like, ha ha, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But you, people put so much weight into the names of weapons, and it's it's like Nezarek's Whisper. I agree. What, what was his whisper? What did, what did he whisper? Right, to someone? What did he do? Like, that... No, it's nothing.
1: See, so so I'm one of those people that loves to take in. I get I get obsessed by the the little nuances of uh the database and the items and i do the same thing but what i also do i'm really bad about staying in the middle which i think you're really good about doing is staying in the middle and absorbing on the story as as a really good thing but i get really caught up in the minutiae and i get caught up in looking at everything in a really big aerial picture as well Mm -hmm. so i have no middle it's always the extremes yeah you're you're Um, one one
0: under the other
1: yeah and so what i see Is a lot of those things happening uh, where people get caught up in the wordplay and and the thing, but then a lot of that gets lost because they're not looking at the over uh, the bird's eye view of what's happened Mm -hmm. in the game so far. Yeah,
0: Uh,
1: like a perfect example is uh, we talk about all of the things around the story, but like for example, you know the story mission uh, when we go to the moon and we have to run through. Uh, the Shrine of Oryx and that whole entire environment all the way down the Hall of Wisdom all the way down to the Shrine of Oryx Mm -hmm. that whole entire environment is drastically different from everything else in the game and then later we found out that there's actually a pyramid down there and so what's funny to me is how people still to this day don't connect the two and the fact that the hive what they were learning down there as they were scratching and pulling the moon apart could very well have been all because of the darkness and the witness of the pyramids in the first That's place. So f- which we learned, which we just learned was the fact, was the case. And so it's hilarious to me that yeah. like people think, oh, that whole story mission started off, pierce the veil, pull back the curtain, go down in there, figure out what's going on, and how yeah. that space was even used. And it has to do with Oryx, but also Osiris was calling out. <laughs>
0: That's, that's actually really funny that you mentioned that I've never, I've never connected the the technology differences to the pyramid. If Baxter was here, that's one of uh, his favorite things. The, um, this, although it is, it it is scrapped that, uh, so in the last mission of taking King regicide, where you're fighting orcs, if you go over to the right, there's like that, like big metal contraption or whatever and it's like that doesn't fit anywhere on this dreadnought and people were like oh maybe it's stolen technology or maybe it's this and I'm not sure if this is a rumor or if it's a a fact but um, apparently that was like a scrapped uh, idea that they had where uh, resputin was gonna be like loaded up into a frame or something like that like into oh. a, a, and <laughs> that's that's, that's where he was supposed to be loaded up in in that. uh like, Oryx was gonna steal him or something like that so I mean we'll see where that story goes because maybe maybe they were like this is getting muddy like why is he stealing resputin let's do something different and they just kind of scrapped it but they however the case um I never related the the technology
1: differences to the i always you know, the I, i'm really bad about this because I'm, I'm really bad about this because i always do this and, you know like i said i'm wrapped up in the tiny minutia but also mm-hmm. i'm wrapped up in bird's eye view and so yeah. anytime anything new shows up in the game i correlate the two like yeah. i'm always like going back specifically to things and i'm yeah. like okay well what does this mean uh, but i i
0: I just yeah. think it's I think it's funny though because you mentioned the Shrine of Oryx specifically, which uh for those who don't remember the, the Shrine of Oryx was used for Oryx to or at least was it supposed to be used for Oryx to call out to the darkness or the hive to call out to Because I thought it was Oryx to call out to the darkness. Or to the world yeah, so, as we know them now. So
1: so as the story would make us believe it had to do with early on it had to do with Oryx calling out to the hive and being able to expand his it the high for the witness yeah but see that came by proxy so that's what i'm saying like early on we 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 assumed that it just had to do with oryx was the king he was the final entity and that that's he not was how calling i it. It. well in early day, when you had no other nope. thing to really kind of correlate the two i i assumed were, oryx
0: was one thing and the darkness was another yeah, he was a vessel of the darkness. But that's what so, I mean. Was the Shrine of Oryx intended for Oryx to call out to the darkness, or for the Hive to call out to Oryx, like the, the lesser Hive? Right,
1: right, yeah. I think that's that's the conundrum we fell under. We didn't yeah. know specifically. Um, but if, know that... if
0: if it were Oryx to the darkness, I find it funny that he has this whole machine, and there's just a pyramid beneath it, or of not necessarily beneath it, but there's a pyramid like within the location.
1: Yeah.
0: That was was the point I was getting to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, totally. Well, so this is all good because this is like a stepping stone. We're kind of seeing where we've gotten thus far Mm -hmm. and we're probably three minutes away from having to end the show. But I think to encapsulate all of that, we would probably say, um, "Festival of the Lost" as a whole um, <laughs> has just kind of, you know, has just kind of just has just kind of just like completely skipped this whole episode. But well,
0: I mean, no, we're gonna we'll do the because that lore book is huge too. That might
1: we might yeah. have to do. we we'll, we'll do that later. Oh, but it 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 is good to like say we've come this far. Yeah, uh, we'll be talking about Festival of the Lost in more detail later because we'll actually have more details later yeah but here we are and so I think it's good to show um all of the little nuances that have gotten us this far and so if you were to if you were to think about Nazarek and its pieces and where we're going to head for it, uh, where we're headed to in Lightfall, what specifically do you think is the ultimate play for the witness as far as allowing us to exist thus far.
0: You mean, like, why hasn't the Witnesses come and stomped us out? Yes. Well, I mean, it was because the Witness... Well, so, initially, from everything that I've... Understood. It's that when the when and this is fucking weird, actually, now that I'm going to say this, when the traveler stopped Nezarek, it also somehow put the witness into stasis. And then at the at the end of D2 is when the witness kind of woke up and was like, oh, I'm coming for you again. Or maybe it was more so that when the when the traveler went dark, the witness like lost it and it was like, I don't know where you are. I don't know why the witness wouldn't just come back to the last place it was, but it decided oh. apparently didn't.
1: Um, so I have a, I have a theory and I, I can't base it on anything, but I have a theory that, um, so the witness, just like you said, the, the traveler woke up the, you know, the pyramid chips. Yeah. You know, Cause it
0: absolutely did wake up the pyramid chips, yeah, but yeah. was it that yeah. they were asleep or was it that they didn't have any leads?
1: Yeah, I I wonder if, and I can't help but wonder if their ability to exist is somehow connected with whether or not the traveler is awake.
0: <laughs> I mean, Ulan Tan would probably agree with that.
1: Um, That's where I'm headed.
0: But so the reason I would say that the witness hasn't done anything is exactly for what the witness has told us why it hasn't done anything. When when it kind of woke up and then in season of arrivals all those fucking years ago now, it, it came in or it kind of like sent probes out and found us and was like, these guys are interesting. This is something the traveler has never done before. This is something I would never think of doing. And I kind of want them on my side, and so the witnesses' mo when they want someone on their side is like, "I'm going to destroy everything that you have through like very indirect measures." Like the only example we really, or we have a couple examples, um, but the best example is how they got Rolk on their side, which was just like kind of taking a step back. Letting everything yeah. happen. And then when Rolk was like right there, the witness is like, here you go, here is um uh what do they what do they call it? Uh luster, here is my luster, and then send Rolk off to finish the job. And so like everything is happening, and they're letting Callus and in the hive and all this things all these things are happening. And then when we are like on death's doorstep, which would probably in the witness's mind be in Lightfall, the witness is going to step in and go, here you go. And then seal the deal on making us join in their mind. I like it. So I think that's going to have to be it for the show. Um, yep. Do you have a quick second though? Because there is one thing I, I wanted to say on this episode that I, I just forgot until a minute ago. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, kind of to bring things back to the dark future. In the dark future, the Drifter was more alone and they, they were found dead trying to kind of convert themselves into an Exo. Uh, in this in this scenario, though, the Drifter is friends with Eris, and he's like, he's more involved. It feels like he's less hide alone and it feels like he's more fight along, maybe not fight alongside, but he's betting on our horse and being like, I'm going to help them. And if it still goes to shit, I'm going to go off and be on my own. But it's just like, it's one of those interesting things. Oh um, good point. Where it's like, these are the changes, the dark future. These are the changes that prove the dark future is not going to happen. Because it's like, we have helped Eris. We have helped uh, the Drifter. We have helped Mithrax. We're going to help Aramis. That's We're a helping very good point. people. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's um, a
1: good point. So we've, we have somehow... Uh, prevented our our darkness to me,
0: yeah. I mean, so kind of it kind of uh piggybacks off what you were asking me. Where the witness is, I believe at least, the witness is expecting us to eventually side with them. And it feels like all of the actions we've made in the game, it's like saying we're not going to side with you, yeah. I like um, it, yeah. So, our next show will be November 6th. So that's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> will festival still be going on then? I I think it actually will.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it will. It'll be like the day before, or we'll have one more day after. You know, yeah,
0: it. it'll end on the seventh. I think that sounds right. And yeah. then uh, the season yeah. should be shortly after that as well. Um, so we're gonna have a lot a lot to go on uh, next week. So join yeah. us on the sixth if you want to find us uh, at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter down there, spelled the same way. And uh, that'll be it for us so bye bye everybody